in this episode of the Wheeler Centre podcast, hear what went down when pop culture aficionados Kate Jinks and Brodie Lancaster joined us on stage for a special live recording of their hit podcast, See Also, as part of Spring Fling. Featuring special guest, writer and actor Maria Angelico, and live theme music performed by friend of See Also, Harvey Sutherland. into it, I would like to begin by acknowledging the traditional custodians of the land that we're on tonight, the Wurundjeri Woiwurrung people of the Kulin Nation, and pay our respects to elders past and present. Welcome back to See Also, <laughs> See Also Live at the Wheeler Centre for the first time ever. I'm Brodie Lancaster. And I am Kate Jinks. <laughs> and this is Harvey Sutherland. We just heard the extended uh, cut of the theme song for the first time earlier and we were like very verklempt about it. Yeah, you can expect a 12-inch coming soon. That'll be our first piece of merch. (laughs) We're starting a label. Um, (laughs) And thank you all for being here tonight instead of at home watching The Real Housewives of Sydney season two premiere, which is uh, really worth your time, I've got to say. Yeah, I didn't know that that was starting tonight and I booked this date before I knew. So (laughs) thanks, BL. We're going to do a bit of an up to, we are going to go through our usual segments tonight. Um, We're going to do an up to next week on next week's episode because... I've got heaps of thoughts about Jenna Lyons going to Henrietta Hudson in the second last episode of Real Housewives of New York, but... uh... Yeah, I'm sure you do. (laughs) I have thoughts about what I'm now considering um, Jessel's hero story on Real Housewives (laughs) of New York, but um, yeah, we'll save it. We'll save it for next week. Mm -hmm. Um, So we're going to be up here for about an hour-ish, and it's not a whole lot of time to fill for Jinxie and I. We usually cut ourselves right back. This is like... Live, uncut, uncensored. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you're podcast. getting the ums tonight. Oh yeah, um, but we thought we would kind of <laughs> dig into the theme of the program, the Wheeler Center Spring Fling theme. We do love a theme. Um, we, I feel like at the start of the year, we spent like maybe up until like March or April talking about our New Year's resolutions um, on the podcast. And so considering... Sorry, sorry, guys. Sorry, just being honest. Um, and so we, we are kind of on track to the end of the year and we wanted to kind of dig in, ask the big questions of like the vibe going into Q4. Um, so we're kind of bookending our resolution chat, doing a little audit of how we're feeling, how we're placed. Uh, Jinxie, what's your kind of cosmic direction Ooh. for the end of 2023? Wow. Well, this is a bit of an earnest also to start with. Um, but it's like carving out the time for creative projects mm-hmm. um, that I've been putting off, uh, that I have been like waiting for that mythical cosmic time when you're like, I will write that book right now. Mm. Like the muse has spoken and Mm. I'm going to go into some trance state for 10 days or whatever. Uh, Actually, I'm going to be paying attention to some of uh, what you have been talking about, uh, spreadsheets and scheduling. Oh, yeah. Uh, That's why we're talking Q4. It was BL's idea. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, that like changing my location of where I'm trying to write as Mm -hmm. well, Mm -hmm. trying to – shift that energy you know can I tell you I had the most productive work day I've had in a long time yesterday and I figured out what it was that made me file three articles in one day 
I took all the covers off my couch and put them in the wash. And I also did a full, like, stripped the sheets, washed everything on my bed. So I had nowhere to not be sitting down at my laptop in my apartment. <laughs> and I did – I was so productive. Smart. So just remove all joy in your apartment <laughs> and you'll get that book done in no time. Thank you. Yeah. And what's your first? My first one is um, kind of similar, I guess. I wrote <laughs> – it's a meme – that goes, your best is what you can do without harming your mental and physical health, not what you can accomplish when you disregard it. Okay. Heavy, heavy, (laughs) heavy. Lightened up by my direction for the end of the year being a meme. But, um, yeah, I feel like I uh, punish myself. I just literally talked about not giving myself a place to sit down so I am endlessly productive. (laughs) You're like that Japanese cafe. Yeah. Where the guy hovers behind you and, like presses on you if you need and yeah. like won't let you eat anything until you finish your article yeah maybe. i'm desperate to go to this cafe i know me too maybe that's actually aspirational and not like punitive <laughs> like i originally thought but yeah i feel like i'm i'm like mad at myself usually when i'm not endlessly productive but then when i am only ever productive my whole life falls apart and like my apartment has like a weird smell and i am like unhappy and see nobody ever mm. mm-hmm. Balance. Balance. Yeah. That's good. This, this. this, is, this is the direction. Meg Ryan and... She's got Sally. a tree and she's not happy about it. <laughs> uh, I'm also doing a bit of a, like, spring clean, the, like, life audit situation mm-hmm. of, like... It sounds so dull. Um, but it's, it's a great way to start a live podcast. Um, <laughs> but, like, going through the subscriptions I don't need, working out which streamers I'm like, I don't mm-hmm. actually like their content. Mm-hmm. They're going to go... Won't say it on pod. Um, <laughs> I heard someone recently say that they just cancel their streaming subscriptions after the, until there's something they want to watch on there. Yeah. Which is very intentional. Yeah. I wouldn't have watched all of the Beckhams on the weekend if I had done that, though. <laughs> and I did. I feel like I watch them through meme, so yeah. I don't need to watch it. There's a lot of football in between the memes, so, yeah, you're fine. Yeah, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. Um, but you're, like, doing the wardrobe cull, the DIY house situation. Mm-hmm. Uh, I dream of butter yellow kitchen cabinets, and you know what? You can actually just do it. Are you doing it? I'm going to do it. Love. Can yeah. I come over? Uh, you absolutely can. Great. So I'm doing, like, things that are achievable, I would mm-hmm. say, instead mm-hmm. of... You know, setting the untenable kind of goals for Q4. Uh-huh. And I'm really looking after my worms. I was going to That ask. are in the compost bin. <laughs> Your pets. My pets. Your children. Yeah. What about you? My next one is um, looking after my future self. Oh, my God. These are all so... These didn't feel so earnest when I was writing them down. Maybe because this one is inspired by, like, an internet comedian who once um, kind of broke character and was really earnest when someone asked, like, how she... I don't know, stays motivated or something really dull. And she said, like, she thinks of herself at the end of the year or at the end of the month or, like, at the end of the queue and is like, what do I want to be by then? I want to be, like, smarter, so I'm going to read a book today. Or, like, I want to be more, like, my have my space be cleaner, so I'm going to, like, tidy up today. You know, like, kind mm. of doing stuff not for herself now because she won't. Um, and so in that spirit, thinking about me, um, EOFI me next <laughs> oh my <God>. June 30, <laughs> I've set a recurring calendar event on my Google Cal finance an hour every Sunday morning as I go through my receipts I plug them into my software it takes less than an hour and I'm just ticking it off every week 52 times (laughs) does my life sound sad no but I have just realized do you know why we're talking about this it's because everyone is seated and they can't just stop the podcast and like, they're like these bitches are being boring this week we'll see them leave <laughs> yeah totally the doors bang they're really heavy at the back so we do know um my other one is watching more films i know that that's my job and i talk a little too much i'm not seeing la chimera for the fifth time don't worry i did think about it the other day but i couldn't get to the cinema in time. Um, but I did make a like Chimera playlist on Spotify if anybody wants to listen I want to it. it. Yeah, okay. Anyway, um, but 
watching I'm, more films as opposed to TV series. Yeah, because I'm going to cancel the subscriptions, uh-huh. right? Uh-huh. Uh, they did just add Real Housewives of Auckland to Hey You, though. No, Hey You stays. That's the thing about Hey You. It's bad. The interface is bad. It doesn't work, but it has all the shows. We can never cancel Hey You. Yeah, we're not cancelling. It's also the cheap. Anyway, uh, not an ad, not sponsored. Um, But I've been thinking about, like, watching favourite things. Like, Spring makes me really want to watch all the Mike Lee films again. Mm -hmm. Uh, Of course, there's A Tale of Springtime by Eric Romer, which is, like, the first of his four seasonal films, which is so... Goddamn beautiful. Uh, and revisiting the films of Terence Davies because he passed away this week and it's been a really long time since I've kind of looked at his work. But also reaching out to other people and asking, like, what do you think I should watch? Like, a friend sent me two films to watch while I was sick that I'd never seen before and obsessed with both. Mm-hmm. So it's like that kind of thing. It's mm-hmm. like you going to see Times Square, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. It's what we want to know. I just saw the new Exorcist movie. I'm saving it for next week. And I'm not recommending it. Oh. I saw A Haunting in Venice last night. And I am. You're recommending it? Yeah. What's good? You in Venice. I can't remember. <laughs> okay, my last one. Then? This is like a, pu- a public service announcement, really. Matchmaking people, specifically me. Okay. That's, that's the cosmic... I'm taking my opportunity on this stage... That's the cosmic direction for Q4. Like, it's gotten to a point where if you're hoarding a, like, normal man who, like, it used to be... The standards used to be taller than me, has a job, don't care anymore. Like, don't care. You're not Sandra Bullock in Practical Magic these days. No, no. You're Nicole Kidman. It's, like, actually against the law if you're keeping one hidden. (laughs) That's very good. Yeah. Um, I have got, speaking of Venice, Bill, I've got a little something for you that yeah. I wanted to save and maybe we could have a little clap or something. <laughs> power, I'm drunk on power. You really are. Just a little something. It's kind of related to a weird topic that just keeps coming up, but also matchmaking, kind of. A Venice-themed gift? Yeah, Italy. This is going to be uploaded just as audio later, so I'm unwrapping a gift that Jinxie's brought me. It's flat. Wait, do I know what this is? I don't know. We've never talked about it. (laughs) I do. It's the hot priest calendar from Italy. (laughs) These priests have had their photos on this calendar. I think they're probably in their, like, 90s now, these men. Does anyone else have this at home from previous years? Maria's gone. I love it. It's the 20th year that he has printed them. Calendario Romano. And... It's essentially known as the hot priest calendar. Yeah. But the guy who makes them did an interview with The Guardian last year about it and he said, actually, it's a clean and honest product that simply <laughs> advertises Rome and its most eloquent symbol, the Catholic clergy. <laughs> I'm sorry, I just spat a little bit. <laughs> Those men are so hot, mostly. Some of them have, like, spooky hats. Apparently one is actually a real estate agent and he was just wearing, like, a black outfit when he got photographed and he kept him. I hope that's the spooky one. Thank you, Jinxie. Mm. I love my calendario. Anytime. Oh, all right. Well, uh, next, next segment. We haven't ever done this before with, with collaborators. <laughs> We're so excited to welcome to the pod and the stage an icon of Melbourne stage and screen, Maria Angelico, who's an award-winning actor, writer and artist whose work you've seen in the Netflix series Sisters and Stateless. She's Cheryl in The Newsreader and in her excellent debut one-woman show, The Disappearing Act, which we all went and saw at the Malthouse Theatre last year. Please welcome Maria Angelico. How are we doing? I'm good. Thanks for How are we me. doing? 
Oh, you're doing great. That's <laughs> really good. It's really, uh, in, I'm, I was enthralled. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but we're so excited to have you here tonight. Um, we have been loving you as Cheryl in the newsreader, one of our favourite shows. Favourite, so happy it's back. Um, but I, you had your on-screen acting debut in Blue Healers, <laughs> and I just had to... What, can you tell me a little bit about your Blue Healers role? Yes, I was 13, and I played a character called Jazzy Kennedy, who, <laughs> who got caught up in a sex cult. Oh, uh, yeah. One episode? How many episodes? Uh, one episode, and the cult leader was played by Reese Muldoon from Play School. <gasps> yeah. Is that the genie from Down Under? The genie from Down Under. Yeah. And we had to shoot. I'd join. I'd join the cult. Yes. He was so fun. And we had to, we shot a scene in like nude bodysuits. Oh. It was like a chanting around a fire in the night. It was. Anyway, I shouldn't talk about that anymore. <laughs> um, it was it like was the Vavitch. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was fun time. Oh my god! Wow. Yeah. Well, my favorite of your um, your past screen roles was um, with Jamee, mm. which when I put my finger on where I knew you from, it was like like the world opened up because also your the, like the third person in your gang was. Someone who, I'm not going to say the W word, but she's married to a footballer mm -hmm. now. Mm -hmm. um, they don't like when you call them the, the acronym. Um, but, like, I was, like, three icons all at school together. I know, right? Maria, Emma Hawkins <laughs> and Jamae King. I know, one step away from Tom. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How did that happen? How old uh, were you? Where was, were you? I was 16. Uh, it was one of the best experiences. Unfortunately, it's, like... That cringe age of like my hair was so terribly straightened and like weird and now it's immortalized forever. Um, but I auditioned, I'd just gotten an agent and the audition process, I just had to go in with a friend and so I went in with my best mate. So the other girl in the group is my best friend, mm. IRL. And we went in and the audition process, because it was completely unscripted, um, all of those shows are unscripted. So we just had to go through a magazine and just talk shit about what we were flicking through and I must have aced it. <laughs> uh, it, was, it was actually a really big um, inspiration for me. It, just, it was the mm. first time I'd shot something where the person that wrote the show and was performing the show and show running the show um, was doing it and I'm a big Christopher Guest fan, so satire and improv and all of that I was just mm. loving it it was great so that was we can be heroes right we can be heroes yeah, yeah the first one we gave my grandma that dvd for christmas <laughs> and yes. she got like four episodes in and then goes I don't think any of these people should be australian of the year. <laughs> <laughs> she thought like pat mullins and pat ricky mullins, wong were though. like actually up for the prize pat mullins could have Pat yeah. Mullins was an yeah. Australian yeah. icon, R.O.P. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, Vale. Vale <laughs> to a queen. Uh, <laughs> I love the, like, the nuggets, the pearls that we are getting about your family each week. <laughs> I feel like beautiful. they're going to sue. <laughs> <laughs> if, they, if they listened, which they don't, they'd be unhappy. You're the Carl Richards of your family. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> My Australian woman. Yeah. Uh, but the newsreader, we mm. love Cheryl. She's, we won't spoil anything if you haven't watched the newsreader because I don't think it's finished on TV yet, but it's all up on iView and yeah. we urge you, of course, to watch it. Uh, we love it so much. Um, but one thing about the show that I really enjoy is, apart from the, the cast, the writing, <laughs> is the restraint of the production design, mm. right? It's... It's like it feels very authentically 80s. It's not like, it's the 80s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's like more the motels than Cindy Lauper, right? <laughs> but the exception is Cheryl, and Cheryl is fucking yeah. going for it. <laughs> and I love the look so much. Italians Do It Better was a highlight. Mm. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about uh, how you kind of embody Cheryl and what you think <laughs> of the costuming that you put in? I, I'm very aware that Cheryl is the outlet for all that restraint from not just the, uh, 
art department, the costume, hair, makeup, everything. Michael Lucas, who is the writer creator of the show and a good friend of mine, he um, he was campaigning for this Italians do it better shirt for a really long time. Um, and Emma Freeman, the director, there was apparently meetings where the shirt was mentioned um, before they'd even figured out other parts of the plot. Um, so I, I was very honoured to um, to wear it. I, I, I love Cheryl so much. And uh, yeah, I think it's... I, some of it is definitely a bit of me in there. Like, I'm actually, I won't spoil anything. I don't want to give away spoilers. But there were, there is some scenes that we've, I've brought in my roller skates one day and unfortunately that didn't make the cut. <laughs> but there are some things that are, um, that are me-isms as well as mm-hmm. Cheryl-isms. But yeah, it's fun. Sometimes it's, it's a lot of denim and we shoot the show in summer. <laughs> so that's, and when you got like denim overalls and a denim jacket and a mic pack, it's like I just hold in my wee all day. <laughs> When we, when we first met Maria, we talked about the first season of the show and we were trying to remember, like, what happened in the news in the late 80s. Mm. And we were like, who even was the Prime Minister? And we re- we came up with the the kind of character trait together that Cheryl doesn't know who the Prime Minister is. She doesn't. She's just, like, happy to be there. And <laughs> she just thinks, like, everyone's so smart and amazing. And, oh yeah, particularly Helen. I think she's just happy to be there. Yeah. yeah. Is there any kind of, like, news... Like, all right, sitting the cast down and being like, here's what happened in the world in the year that we're filming in. Yeah, well, Emma Freeman, the director of the show, who is incredible, um, she directs the whole block uh, and she did season one and season two. Uh, she creates like a document, um, not a document, it's like a, I don't know, um, uh, like a file, an online Dropbox, who cares? She <laughs> creates all this stuff. And Have you heard our podcast? <laughs> we do. <laughs> uh, but she filled with um, links to footage and photos and references and images and uh, it's, it's, really, um, uh, it's really detailed and it's really fascinating and it's for all the cast and crew and, yeah, so you read through it and it's... It is good because some of the cast, like I was, I was born in 1987, so this show, yeah, there's things that I don't fully know, so mm. yeah, and it's just fun to read. Cheryl's got a bit more of a fleshed out storyline in season two. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's really getting into people's business, <laughs> which we love. Yeah. Um, did you like? Were you seeing? Did you get to read like the scripts of the entire season at the start, or were you kind of being fed the Cheryl no, storyline? I, I was. Um, I knew what was happening with season two, which was um, yeah, exciting. I mean, it makes sense. Hairdressers or makeup and hair people on on set, they get the best of us and the worst of us. They know everything. They see you at six in the morning. Um, yeah, I've told hair. And makeup teams things that I shouldn't have. <laughs> <laughs> they know everything. It's uh, like so, a cone of silence. Yeah. Right? So it makes sense that usually if there is and and there are stories and it's a very real thing that usually if there are things leaking. I don't want to throw makeup teams <laughs> under the bus. They're amazing. Particularly the makeup team, John Logue, who's the head of makeup on the newsreader is heaven. And he actually worked on um, news and he did I think he did the um, uh, Newton. Bird. Bird. Oh, oh my wow. God. Newton. Uh, he's like a James Bond situation. <laughs> but he's he, did. Then. he did Newton, Bird. Um, <laughs> he did uh, all through the 80s and so he has all these fantastic stories. But, um, yeah, so it is quite common uh, that, and it makes sense that Cheryl was caught up in it and I was really excited because when I first took the role in season one, it was lockdown and it was the only show shooting in Melbourne <laughs> so yeah it was just like oh well everyone let's just jump on and be part of this show and we had no idea what it would be um so it's exciting and it's it's so great I'm like such a big fan of the show <laughs> are you a gum chewer now, like off screen because that wow she's she's addicted who really elevated season two like <laughs> it's real, it was something that I just did because I don't think I had that much to do in season one. So I was like, oh, well, I'll, I'll just, um, yes, and that, and I'll bring some gum. And then on season two, 
Um, my standby props person had um, Ado, who was amazing, had a bag of gum and would like give me gum before <laughs> each take. So um, yeah, did you do it like backstory? Like Cheryl's trying to quit smoking, so she's just yeah, just deeply. Gum yeah, all the time. I, I fully became a gum chewer for the whole time. <laughs> no, I don't. Actually, I do like gum, but um, not as much as Cheryl. Yeah. Guys, don't think she doesn't like gum. Yeah, all right. <laughs> um, <laughs> Pro gum. So the season two ends at the start of 1988. Mm-hmm. Princess Diana, centenary, bicentennial? Bicentennial. Yeah. The boats. Uh, anyway, um, I looked up on Wikipedia because I was like, what might the newsreader cover in seasons three and four? Mm-hmm. Here are some things that happened in Australia in 1988. Home and Away premiered. <gasps> World Expo (laughs) Brisbane, very big for the Queensland community. And the movie Young Einstein came out. Okay. Which I had a crush on Yahoo Serious (laughs) as a child. I don't know if anyone else did. Um, 1989, Young Talent Time, cancelled. Yeah, that was a tragedy. Fast Forward and Acropolis Now premiered. So it gave the world some comedy grades. Oh, this is, yeah. Yeah. And Jessica Malboy was born. Ah. So these are just some story ideas. Okay, I'll mention them all to Michael. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, okay. Especially Jessica Malboy being mm, born. Yeah, I feel like that would have that should I be feel like, news. Yeah, Helen and Dale will have a lot to work with. Anyway, yeah, won't yeah. they? <laughs> uh, is it time? I think it's time. Um, we wanted to do like a kind of hybrid poodle episode for our first live show. So we sat down with Maria. We pulled from some like past influences. We put our heads together. We were like, what's the chance that most of the audience will have seen the thing we want to cover, etc." Anyway, we came to a universal favourite mm-hmm. about some small town girls in the big city starring a galaxy of stars. Maria, do you want to do the honours and announce what we're going to be talking about? This poodle episode, we will be talking about Muriel's wedding. <laughs> special rehearsal for that (laughs) (laughs) we prepared (laughs) they prepared um wow it's like inevitable it was always going to happen and i'm so glad it's happening with you here Mm. tonight Mm. what's your relationship to muriel uh it's strong it's been around for a long time i feel like uh in my household growing up your terrible muriel was just uh, said daily to my sisters and my mother would say it to us. Um, yeah, even pulling a Deirdre Chambers mm-hmm. is what like a coincidence. <laughs> what a coincidence. I just say that all the time. Um, yeah, I, I watched it. I would have been around, I don't know. I was young, around 10, and I just, I immediately loved it. I feel like I've watched it so many times I could recite every line mm. in mm. it. I watched it today. Uh, I thought, I actually don't really need to watch it because I've seen so many times. Mm. I watched it today and uh, my girlfriend, who is in this room, recited every line. <laughs> <laughs> it's fun. It's fun yeah, when they do that. It's good. We didn't even acknowledge, but we're all drinking orgasms. Cheers. In celebration of Muriel's trip to Hibiscus Island. Yeah. <laughs> so just let us finish one, okay? Anyone know what's in an orgasm? Because now we do. It's a Bailey's, Amaretto, and Kahlua. <laughs> if you want a screaming orgasm, you get milk and cream and white chocolate liqueur. So we've yeah. just got regular quiet orgasms tonight. Yeah. I'm really liking it. It's actually <laughs> it's really kind of good. yummy. <laughs> it's a yummy drink. Mine, yeah. by the time we got on stage, mine had kind of... Like the Curdled? Ice, it's kind of split. Yeah, the, the ice is melting. <laughs> but yeah. it's, it's like when you have kind of a bowl of um, like ice cream. No, what is it? It's like at a at a um, ice cream shop where they scoop it and then they put the scoops in a container of water. It's like that container of water. <laughs> oh, the scoop in the water, yeah. Yeah, it's scoop water. <laughs> it's good though. <laughs> Yeah, I took a tell fast before I started drinking <laughs> yeah, it. Okay, I think she might have an allergic reaction to it. <laughs> it can't happen on stage, you know. Mm. All right, so usually with a poodle, we do a little bit of a plot synopsis. I'm not sure that we need a full detailed one because Muriel is in us. Yeah. She's in our blood. Uh, she's, yeah. she's really in our bellies now. Um, 
But I kind of uh, figured in my most recent watch that Muriel's Wedding really is split into four chapters, right? Mm -hmm. There's Pauper's Spit, there's Hibiscus Island, there's Sydney, and then there's like the... What's the Australian version of a green card marriage? Like, that's the final it's, chapter. Ninety Day Fiance. Season one. With a really mean swimmer. Mm. Um, and they're all kind of bookended or, like, their little chapter markers in between and just, like, moments of, like, petty crime. It's <laughs> true. Mm. But you're rooting for her. Yeah. You no are. matter how much money she steals with a blank check. Yeah. yeah. What's yeah. your relationship to Muriel? I don't remember a time that it didn't exist. Mm. Like, I feel like it... Well, it was 94, yeah, 93. 94. So I was three or four. Um, and so I just, I like you, Marie, like I grew up with it. It was like in our house, mm. um, but also growing up in Queensland. So I, I Googled and I was like, where is Pauper Spit supposed to be? And it's in the kind of like Tweed Heads, Coolangatta, Gold Coasty pocket of the Queensland, New South Wales border. And I was like, checks out oh yeah (laughs) yeah it felt it feel watching it now it really feels like i am in my small hometown in the 90s especially this is so particular but like the chinese restaurant is one thing where they kind of have all kinds of like just love the chinese restaurants in this film where they take Mm. japanese people for dinner i mean i don't love the discussions no no (laughs) the chinese restaurants are like so of the like that was Mm. where you went for a special occasion Mm. to get deep fried ice cream you knew it was a birthday yeah you were celebrating honey Um, prawns oh (laughs) we never got honey prawns honey chicken only prawns too expensive but there's like one moment where muriel's coming back from hibiscus island in the cab and the cab just kind of like goes from like street to footpath to driveway (laughs) in one like skidding motion and like dust is flying everywhere and just the shot of that happening Mm. i was like i'm home (laughs) yeah it's a sense memory it really is for sure yeah i was 14 when it came out and I don't remember the first time I saw it. I, I like you. It's just like, yeah, it lives in me. Yeah. Muriel's wedding. But my sister has a pretty cute connection to it. She was uh, doing production design at ATYP at the time, which is, is where that? Australian Theatre for Young People. Okay. And it's where Tony also, she was, she went. Our Tony. Our Tony. Chill. <laughs> <laughs> And um, she read like, and she'd been, she'd done acting in the past and she ha- saw the open casting call for Muriel and really connected with the character, but was going overseas. So she didn't do anything about it. A year passes, she comes back from London. She hasn't seen Muriel yet. hasn't kind of like hit London or whatever. And she's at a party in Sydney and someone comes up to her and goes like, oh, my God, you look exactly like Muriel, but not in the ABBA scene. (laughs) And my sister was like, I haven't, I don't know what you're talking about. And then saw it and was like, oh, it's just me. It's me. Yeah. 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 It's watching it this time around, like this shot of Muriel. When she's she's at the wedding at the start, I just had a flash of like, oh, that's what I look like. Because <laughs> she's like, she's in the hot weather. She's like in Queensland, but she's wearing tights, which I always do. She's like got her tits out and it's like a bit inappropriate. And like... The leopard print. She oh, doesn't know how to contour print. me, red-faced. <laughs> it's just if I had thicker hair, I feel like this would be me visually. Oh, Muriel. I think that's a good look. I do too. Yeah. I, mean, I think that's great. fine. I actually think that's fine. She listens to 70s music. Oh, God. She should be listening to the baby animals or Nirvana. Nirvana. <laughs> I love that. There are so many incredible things that happen mm-hmm. in this film. We cannot obviously talk about them all, but like Maria, some tops, some faves. Okay. Well, I'm really glad that you've actually got a photo of one of my – the thing that sticks with me most is – when Rhonda and Muriel meet, re-meet for the first time on Hibiscus Island, the fact that they're both wearing sunglasses at the table <laughs> at this buffet. I, for some reason, I know it's a buffet. Absolutely. It was definitely a buffet. Like, why are they both wearing their... It's just... It's perfect. It's perfect. It's so perfect. I, and just the... So that's always been a highlight. Um, and the thing that really gets me, and it hit me even more when I rewatched it for this... It's just how beautiful Muriel is. Like, I know she's this, you know, awkward person, this 
the, but there's something so beautiful about her, mm-hmm. even when, particularly when she goes to Sydney and she has her like oh, Mario, Sydney, yeah, Mario yeah. glow up, and she's wearing like she's wearing leather and zips, and and <laughs> the zips. Yeah, the zips. <laughs> but it's she's just so there's something so pure about Tony Collette really mm-hmm. in in the movie that's always just really stuck with me. Um, but the zips is also another favourite moment. Mm-hmm. The 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 parking inspector unzipping her pants beanbag bean is stunning. And I think I was so young when I saw it. Again, I don't remember when I first saw it, but I remember knowing it was like the naughty scene and like being really excited. By it. <laughs> Me too. The zips were sexy. Yeah, it was like zips and beanbag balls. It's like. That's like, I don't know, it's a grown-up thing to do. I don't know, yeah. but it just... And then, like, three sailors run <laughs> yeah. in. Yeah. yeah. The birdcage through the window. Yeah. It's all happening. Yeah. This, like, acting choice of Tony Collette's to just kind of... Oh, the tongue. The little, like, lizard tongue every time she's, like, tickled by something or, like, having a, like, nice moment. She does it when he, she meets the swimmer and he's, like, repulsed by yeah. her. She does it when she catches the bouquet and she thinks everyone's going to be, like into her yeah, she does she, it at her own wedding she yeah and she doesn't when she cries over her uh, orgasm she kind of has her tongue out when she's crying as well. <laughs> Let her it's so her. beautiful it's so beautiful yeah that moment where they meet Rhonda, like rachel grimace in this movie is <laughs> like my, my hero mm-hmm. i'm realizing now there's a you know she says like you're wicked. Stick with me. I'm wicked too. <laughs> and I like, I could kick down a door when she yes. says that. It like fills me with something just like really primal. Yeah, we all need a Rhonda. We, yes. Yeah. I'm not alone. I'm with Muriel. Oh, oh, so I cried when I rewatched that in that moment. Mm-hmm. I was like so like excited for it's Muriel. Beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. When she says, stick it, drink up your ass, Tanya. <laughs> That's such a good I'd line. rather swallow razor blades than <laughs> drink, drink with you. you. Oh, God, Tanya so and Nicole good. and the other two. I don't, sorry, I don't know the other girls' names. No. Uh, Cheryl. There's a Cheryl. Oh. oh. And there's another one. <laughs> I can't remember the other one. Yeah, Sophie Lee. She's unreal. Mm. Um, I had a question. So Muriel's dad's mistress, Deirdre Chambers, what a coincidence, gets her a job that she never follows through on. Is Muriel Heslop a Nepo baby? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> if her dad Actually. wasn't so like, I don't know, what is he? He's really, um, what's the word for someone who breaks the law? Um... He's, he's a dodgy guy. He's dodgy. <laughs> he's a dodgy guy. <laughs> if he weren't, she'd be an Epo baby mm. of Because he also spirit. he also bribes the cops with mm. the beer oh, when yeah, she slabs. gets arrested for stealing the dress for yeah. the wedding. Mm. Yeah. Mm. The federal police are here. They're <laughs> they're raiding us again. <laughs> and then Joni like runs over a bed. <laughs> it's actually a total spring movie mm. because when she goes to try on some wedding dresses. The line, spring, ivory. Ivory. <laughs> Truly. Mm. That, mm. W- that first woman who puts her in a wedding dress. That's Heather Mitchell, who's an incredible actress. Really? Big fan. She's in Love Me. Just shout out. Oh, <laughs> shout out, Heather. She's stunning. But that, she, really, she really gets that moment right. Yeah. Because <laughs> that's the moment where Muriel's just been at the hospital. They find out that Rhonda has cancer. And she goes and she just walks in and tries on a wedding dress for the first time and she's still in the zippered leather outfit that like <laughs> Matt Day tried to unzip her from the, the night before and her I think like denim jacket over the top but um I think she has a leather like she's wearing leather on leather on it's leather it's an amazing outfit it's pretty good it's really she looks great she looks she's, great Mario looks, looks great Mario uh, Mario's like blow waved lob I love it. It's so good. Yeah. When you see her, like the big reveal when she's working at the video shop, it's just like, you made it. You're not nothing. You're working in a video shop shop in like on Oxford Street in Darlinghurst in the 90s. Like she's so There's nothing cooler that you could possibly do. She is watching Diana's wedding on a loop (laughs) (laughs) on the TVs in the video shop. Yeah. We clocked during this watch that there's a poster for like Tilda Swinton's in Muriel's wedding. There's a poster for Orlando everywhere in the video oh, shop. Wow. 
At first, I thought it was Kate Blanchett. I had to rewind. <laughs> Imagine. We're just constantly trying to hog hive. <laughs> you know, photoshopped her in. <laughs> um, and Matt Day. Can we just mm. take a moment for the yes. beautiful Matt Day? Yes. Was this his, like, breakout role? I think it was. I mean, because one of my see also's for Muriel's is uh, the film that he went to next in 1996. So this came out in 94, uh, Love and Other Catastrophes. And mm. he plays pretty much the same guy. Mm. Like in Love and Other Catastrophes, there's a moment when he's getting ready for a date and he's like, I'm Frank Sinatra. No, I'm Pee Wee Herman. And Aww. it's so cute. <laughs> uh, but yeah, he's basically doing that. He's Dorian Gray. Like, he hasn't mm. aged a, yeah. a Matt Day since he was in Muriel's <laughs> wedding. He's, He's a lovely man. I've worked with him a couple of times. Oh, really? And, and all I see is, I'm a parking inspector. <laughs> <laughs> but he's a really nice person. He's lovely. Oh. Yeah. He was um, one of my... Um, also, I see also it's for Matt Day, is the Sarah Watt film, My Year Without Sex, where yeah. he plays a dad but still looks like... The mm. what's his name? Bryce. Bryce, the parking inspector. The shot of him in the wedding when Muriel's getting married. Also, psycho move to invite him to the wedding. <laughs> I know. I was thinking about it. I'm sorry. I'm just sipping my orgasm. I'll let her finish. I was thinking, <laughs> I was thinking about it, and. I guess she just invited everyone that she could and that was one of her only Sydney friends. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> he went all the way to Pauper Spit for a wedding. Did, was it? What, in, no, it was in no, Sydney, Oh, it was in Sydney. Because then she has to go to yeah, Pauper Spit that's when right. Rhonda's Mom. being yeah, taken yeah. back. That's yeah. a Sydney God, I'm church. So sorry. It's a really sad movie. It's oh, so it's sad. Really sad. And it's like it's one of those films where people are like, oh, this is a romp. It's a bit of fun. Let's mm. put it on. Yeah. And then you're like... Oh, the mum. Like, yeah, it's yeah. really... I forgot about it when the I was like... The on her heels. Yeah. yeah. Oh. It's heavy. And, like, every one of those children, like... Oh, my um, God. Joni and Percy, and there are, like, three others, just being, like, berated in front of yeah. guests at every opportunity by Bill. Well, P- PJ Hogan, who wrote it and made it, he... It was based on his family. It was... Really? Yeah, it was apparently... Yeah, so it was... Quite cathartic and dark. Mm. <laughs> yeah. It's, I, it's so wild to think the impact of Muriel's wedding means that, like, a couple of years later, Julia Roberts was like, he should make my best friend's wedding. Yeah. Mm. And then he did Confessions of a Shopaholic. <laughs> what? Yes. <laughs> wow. With okay. Yeah. yeah. All our girls. All the Australian <laughs> girls. <laughs> All our girls. PJ, what a choice. Um, I found some fun trivia about uh, Hibiscus Island, Fab. which is that um, – oh, wait. That Maria went there recently? Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. You kind of did. It was like LD Hibiscus Island. <laughs> <laughs> it was somewhere in Queensland. I actually don't know the name of the island. Do you have any screaming or <laughs> – I'm so sorry. Did any, I, fun co- I actually... any fun beachy cocktails? <laughs> <laughs> um, no. No, I just um, – I actually went snorkeling and I drank a lot of seawater and oh. got a bit sick. <laughs> Not the same. Similar yeah. effect. Yeah. Mm. This tastes better. Yeah. <laughs> you were also saying, having the time of your life. It's saying a lot. Yeah, I was. Yeah. <laughs> there was um, The Face did a oral history of just the Waterloo scene in Muriel's wedding a few years ago. Um, and turns out the Hibiscus Island Resort was all supposed to take place on a piano cruise. Oh, that would have been so good. Which makes a lot of sense. Like the buffet, yeah. the sunglasses. The, the and being talent stuck. Contest. The oh, talent yeah. contest. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Barry Crocker presenting a giant <laughs> check. Um, but a rep from Piano oh, – the Fair Star specifically, but a rep from Piano Cruises read the script – and said, quote, Muriel and Rhonda and her friends are not the sort of people we want to attract to our cruises. I guess they have that wrestle. The girls have the wrestle over the table during they the sure talent do. contest. Yeah. They sure do. What? So Sophie Lee, apparently, so she's fight. I forget her, Tanya. So Tanya's fighting Nicole, who rooted Chuck at the wedding. Mm-hmm. Um, and PJ Hogan <laughs> said to Sophie Lee, like, I've only got one shot. Like, I'm going to set up a bunch of cameras you just need to do what we've rehearsed one take. Like, it's all, we're only getting one take of this brawl. Sophie Lee says, I've been in girl fights. I grew up in Newcastle. 
I love her. I've been attacked by girls like this. I know what I'm doing. Because <laughs> she fully table flips. This wow. is so good. It's housewives adjacent. It is, it is. And I'm here for it. Yeah. So they, um, in order to create Hibiscus Island and not a piano cruise, they had Pip Playford, who's an artist who was involved in making floats for Sydney Mardi Gras. And um, they they created the Carmen Miranda kind of look. Mm. And it was all the ABBA dance sequence was choreographed by strictly ballroom choreographer John Cha-Cha O'Connell. <laughs> and Cha-Cha That's... came in and was like, I know exactly what you need. I love that Sophie Lee is wearing crabs on her boobs <laughs> in this scene. It's like, yeah. there are coconuts, but she's got crabs. Yeah. <laughs> and she has a lobster on her head too, I think. She's got the crustacean look. <laughs> I was really... That's something I was obsessed with when I was little. I wanted all of those looks. The hibiscus island fruit, yeah. tropical bikini not, thing. Not as many 3D bikini tops as you grow up. No. Yeah. It really sold us an idea of, like, adulthood that never <laughs> materialised. <laughs> Where are they now? Yeah. <laughs> The production design is also so amazing mm, on this yeah. film. I was shocked that it was um, Paddy Reardon's first feature film. This is his first film that he worked on doing production design. It's like every scene is a masterpiece. Yeah. Even in like the bedroom, uh, like at the beginning when you see mm. uh, Muriel in her bedroom and it's not just ABBA posters. They, uh, she's also got posters up of River Phoenix, Madonna and Simon Baker Denny when he was Simon Baker Denny. The mentalist. The mentalist. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Oh. And, uh, like, it's just... Like, Before he went to America and dropped the Denny. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I remember him. Mm. I remember you, Simon Baker Denny. <laughs> but He's actually here. <laughs> <laughs> He's our mystery guest. Um, but, yeah, it's just, like, it's so beautiful mm. to watch. Mm. And I want to ask, did you see the musical? Yes, I did. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I did. No, it was, it was it was it was a completely different show, but it was also had it moved me in the same way as the film did because the story is so powerful. Yeah. But they had modernized it, so I think that those kind of the detail of the film and the particular kitsch camp nineties mm. Australiana was it was different. Yeah. But it was it was really fun. The songs were really good. Yeah. Particularly the Sydney, when you get to Sydney, yeah. you can do what you want to do, screw who you want to screw. That song is just never going to leave in your brain. brain. Yes, yeah, same, yeah. same. It did, they did change the ending in the musical, uh, which I was like, well, this kind of misses yeah. the point of the film and like the end of the film mm. is so beautiful. Rhonda and Muriel leaving together. Oh, yeah. That's, yeah. What do they do instead? I actually can't remember. She's, she takes the guy too. So oh, the parking inspector. Oh. Oh, Bryce. That's right. Like, she gets back with Bryce. I mean, this isn't a spoiler because the musical's finished. Yeah. But, like, she is with Bryce and then she, then Rhonda's like, I'm coming too. And then they all drive off together, I think. Rhonda just getting herself in a yeah. wheelchair. I've, like, fully blocked that from my memory. <laughs> I, I would too. Have, like, yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. Um, I have a question. Who's the saddest person at Muriel's wedding? Bryce, Rhonda or Muriel's mum? The mum. Mum. Yeah, I uh, this amazing Melbourne artist Jesse Rose Strecker did an oil painting of Muriel's mum. Oh. That Betty Vale Betty, Betty. Always regret not buying it. It's but it's too sad yeah. to have in the you house. Couldn't. You couldn't. But it's her clutching the painting with her little pillbox hat, oh. and it is not. You couldn't have that. In nothing, the house. Sadder. No. nothing sadder. Nothing sadder. No. Um, One day I just want to set a backyard on fire. Truly. Oh, yeah. that made me. I met, that made me happy for Betty. Me too. Yeah, I kind of forgot about the fire. Mm. Yeah, I was like, good on her. Yeah, good yeah. on her. She got to see her daughter get married, set the lawn on fire, and she she let loose on um, what's Dan Wiley's character's name? The mm-hmm. son. I don't know. Uh, the footy kicking pe- one. Perry. 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 Yeah, she really let Perry have it too. Oh, yeah, he, he sure deserved did. it. Yeah, he did. Big Muriel time. coming in and telling Bill to parent at the end. Beautiful. Beautiful. Can we just, before we wrap up with our also's, mm-hmm. just want to, I love that Tony Collette is a Blacktown gal. My mum was a Blacktown gal. She was Miss Blacktown. And uh, I just, <laughs> Miss, I, Blacktown. Miss Blacktown. But I just love that our, our Tony mm. is from Blacktown. I That's why that. your sister was right for the role. 
Uh, yeah. She, yeah, sh- I'm, she should be up here. I'm so curious, like, what was the character description? That, does your sister remember anything? So I'm like, what did they... I want to know what Tony brought to Muriel and what was, like, on paper Muriel. Mm. I don't, yeah, I don't know. I'm so curious. The tongue. Was that on paper? The tongue. Yeah. Oh, we don't know. Maybe that was the thing that my sister felt connected to. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> One of my C also is for... I love saying that, by the way. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, for um, Muriel's wedding is the... There's a documentary on iView about the making of the musical, which is... You don't even have to be into musicals, but it's very interesting because there's lots of interviews with Tony and um, Tony Collette, just not my friend. Um, <laughs> and Rachel TC. Griffiths. <laughs> TC. Um, and PJ Hogan and um, and uh, Jocelyn Morehouse, his wife who produced it. And it's really interesting. And there's lots of behind-the-scenes footage of the making of Muriel's Wedding and lots of stories about how they cast Tony Collette and... It's, it's really good watching for that. Mm. Yeah, it's great. Great. Mm. I have one more um, fun question. Who's the biggest villain in the movie? Dion, the loss prevention officer at the wedding, <laughs> Chook, or Tim Sims, Muriel's imaginary abusive <laughs> boyfriend? <Josh>. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. I think it's all of the above. Yeah? Mm. Yeah. I also yeah. love how villainous Muriel herself is. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I really like how, yeah, she's bad. She's terrible. She's terrible. She's terrible. Famously. <laughs> Famously. No. I think it's Dion. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've got to see also for Muriel's wedding, which is Me, Myself, I. Jinxie knows. <laughs> I, I'm obsessed with this movie. I recently found it on DVD on eBay. It's directed by, written and directed by Pip Carmel and it stars Rachel Griffiths as like a Sydney journalist who wears like leather jackets and has short hair and isn't married and has no kids. It's just like doing her job. And then <laughs> on her, I think it's her 30th birthday, she like swaps lives with the version of herself who married the man who proposed to her in her like late teens or early 20s. And so she like wakes up in as a mother of Yale Stone from Orange is the New Black <laughs> and like two two boys and so she she then has to like live as a mum. Great, great movie. It actually doesn't hold up that well, but I still hold up <laughs> I hold a real place for it in my It heart. took so long for you to get it that you it has to be good. I love that. I know. Uh, I've got a couple. Mm-hmm. Um, one, see, also is a podcast that's called uh, True Obsession. A24 put it out. But this one's with John Early mm-hmm. and Tony Collette. And it is comedian, US comedian John Early talking to Tony Collette, who they have worked together at this stage on a film. And people on set had said, like, John's a really big fan of yours. And Tony was like, that's sweet. And she did not realise that he was actually completely and utterly obsessed with her. Mm. He had made a web page as a teenager mm-hmm. in, like, where this small town that he grew up in is, like, as this, like, I'm like, I'm like the Bible young world. gay yeah. teen with, like... He'd seen clock watches. Yes. Yeah. And so he made, like, this a full website with, like, photo gallery of Tony. He called his cat Muriel... Anyway, it's such a good listen. That's and they great. made a zine, but it's sold out it's anyway. Sold out. Uh, and another thing, another see also, uh, you can get unofficial Muriel's merch from a company called Human Boy Worldwide from the States. Uh, the hat has sold out, but they do bring them back all the time. But the hat is really good. It says Porpoise Spit, Jewel of the North Coast on the front, embroidered. And on the back it says you can't stop progress. Oh, but great. there is also a T-shirt which you can just go and get. That's Very really good. good. Love that. Um, I have a see also that we can't actually see, which is the 2002 series of Celebrity Big Brother that Gabby Millgate was on. (laughs) And it was like a truly cursed cast, like Kyle Sanderlands. I don't know if anyone else has this memory of Kyle Sanderlands was introduced on like a... um, trolley with like a Hannibal mask over his face. Oh my god I do remember that. And there was like a fake wall in the Big Brother yard that he'd go behind to smoke because he told the producers I'm not going in if I can't have my ciggies. Oh my god. And at one point Red Simons came into the house (laughs) This is the last bit at one point Red Simons came into the house and just immediately was like get me (laughs) and so went around at night while everyone else was sleeping looking for hidden doors and just left. He just walked out the next day he found a door and he walked out. 
I want to watch that so bad. Anyway, love Muriel's wedding. <laughs> <laughs> I had another C also. Uh, it was Love Serenade, which was made in 1996. I think it was Shirley Barrett's first film. She's a writer-director. Uh, it's... I, I, I don't know. I don't know if it holds up. It does. It's, yeah. It's, I was like... I think I just got nervous because I was like, oh, it's my C also. And then I was like, is it cool enough? Um, but it's really beautiful. It's set in the middle of uh, nowhere. It, and it's very much a, about female longing. It's two young sisters and they fall in love with this... Or they're vying for the attention of this cool, smooth radio host uh, called Ken Sherry. And it's it's got that... It feels like that camp Australiana that was just so great in the 90s, like Priscilla, Queen of the Desert and Strictly Ballroom and all of those films. But I feel like Love Serenade is one that isn't as well-known. Um, so, yeah. There should be a musical. Yeah, about. and there's a great Chinese restaurant in that as well. Uh, Miranda Otto, a really young Miranda Otto plays the... What's her name? Dimity, the m- main character, and she works in a Chinese restaurant. And so there's lots of... Lots of Chinese restaurant stuff. Oh, it's it's so good. Great. <laughs> great first also is Maria. Oh, yep. <laughs> Speaking of, we've got more. Woohoo. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> it's time for also also's and everyone's joining in. Mike and Meg have prepared some as well. Um, Maria, we're going to start with you, guest of honour. Okay. Um, so these are our spring also's. Yeah. Uh, mine are both spring cleaning based, uh, which makes me sound like I'm not actually that like much. us. Yeah, at the <laughs> yeah, start, I'm like, this. <laughs> this is like they're not that cool. But I just, it's really important that I share this information with you. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not a, <laughs> a. This is not a sponsored um, shout out, but I <laughs> will happily be an ambassador for the Robo Rock S Seven vacuum. <laughs> It is, it's a RoboVac, but it also, it, it mops as well. And I, I've been really weird about RoboVacs. I'm like, they can't get in the corners. What's the point? They're weird. I don't, I don't have like a home Siri thing where I talk to it. Like I'm, I'm not that tech, but the RoboRock S7 <laughs> has changed my fucking life. I have a big hairy dog. And it's like she's never, since we've had the Robo Rock, which we named Kathy. Um, <laughs> Kathy, too, actually. Um, it's what like to the first one. Ah, uh, it's a long story. <laughs> but it's like my dog has never shed. And you schedule it. We programmed ours to speak Italian, which is fun. And it, she really cleans it's really my house is so clean i get a mop and a vacuum every day under the beds under like under coffee tables couches Uh, they it's even mapped out where like the rug is and it changes settings anyway i really highly recommend i believe they're bringing out an s8 soon wow so (laughs) you heard it (laughs) something to look forward to finally (laughs) but that's uh, some spring cleaning goodness and uh, my second also also is also a a cleaning thing uh, which i'm kind of regretting um is it's the water pick water flosser uh, I'm. I think dental hygiene is really cool, and <laughs> but flossing um, is. Uh, I don't know. It's annoying, um, mm-hmm. and so I got a water pick, water flosser. Uh, <laughs> it's really fun to use. I feel like I'm at the dentist. It's exciting. It's cordless. You can get a cord cord one you for cheaper. You can walk, follow the vacuum but, around. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And it's just, it's a thrilling, it's a thrilling experience. <laughs> and um, just make sure your mouth is closed when you use it because um, the first time I used it, uh, it just goes everywhere. Um, but it's really fun and my, my mouth has never felt cleaner. Wow. That's great. Yeah. That's a huge endorsement. Uh, I yeah. want you to know that when you sent them through, Biel and I were like, she nailed it. She nailed it. <laughs> great. Good. So you. embrace that you can tell she listens. <laughs> yeah, good. <laughs> Who's going next, Jinxie? How about I do? Okay. I've got a dine also. Uh, it's Julie, the new spot oh, at yes. Abbotsford Convent. I uh, was lucky enough to go for a long birthday lunch for my dear pal Rosie the other day and it was 
so good, like truly so good. Uh, it's led by the former head chef of CAMS, also at Abbotsford Convent. Fun fact, she was my best friend in primary school, Julie. Oh my God. Yeah, guess oh. what her name is, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the, well, she's doing a great job. Can she's, you get in touch? She's really good. Yeah, I'll let her know. Yeah, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> um, the menu uses, Julie uses the convent garden. It's a heritage space. There are buddy yellow tiles on the wall. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, seeing all the seeds. Now. There's uh, minty blue walls and these high ceilings that I do not remember being there when it was lentil as anything. No, it's like lentil as anything never happened. It really it's is. Really amazing. Yeah, well, um, <laughs> the food is more expensive, but better. Yes. <laughs> yeah. uh, everything's great. The oysters are great. The asparagus is great. The fish is great. Uh, it's a considered wine list. God, me, when I catch myself saying these things sometimes, I'm like, oof, but uh, anyway, you can go and book for like lunch or dinner or go and have a little spritz on the terrace. Mm. Summer coming, beautiful. Okay, my next one is a read also. It's the new Sister Carita book that's just come out. It's called Carita Kent, Ordinary Things Will Be Signs for Us. Um, she was an amazing Catholic nun, uh, from 1936 until 1968, <laughs> she was a hot Catholic nun. Uh, but she she worked um, at the Immaculate Heart of Mary community in LA, and she was an incredible artist, like amazing artist. She made these beautiful serographs, but she also just constantly photographed everything, and she used them like not as her artwork, but as resources to show her students to just like get ideas to make things and like be in the world anyway it's so gorgeous um, and you can buy it from the Carita art center which i encourage you to do and all these links will be in the show notes mm. as per um i also should mention that we we have some extra alsos that you were given uh you should be given when you came along and they are just very special spring alsos but one of them is a Spotify playlist that you can listen to on your on your journey home. You can scan and it'll open Jinxie's spring playlist. <laughs> it's quite demented. <laughs> it's really good. Um, Meg and Mike, I think you guys should go next. Can you share your also's with us? Uh, I have a dub also. There's a, a great uh, double feature coming up for, as part of the, the 86 festival. Um, mm. So they're screening two films, uh, Babylon and Lover's Rock, which are both great... Uh, reggae films and they're being introduced by the uh, the gentleman who soundtracked both of them, Dennis Bovell, who's a, a legend of Jamaican music and uh, that's coming up, I think, end of October, I think, at the Thornbury Theatre. Oh, uh, Thornbury Picture House. Picture right. House, mm. perfect. Meg, what about you? My seat also is a poster also by Food for Everyone. Um, they make culinary posters by teaming up with local uh, like chefs and artists to make uh, like posters that have a really special recipe on it. And every poster bought is 10 meals donated to Second Bite. And so it's very nice to kind of freshen up your kitchen. I didn't realise my kitchen was really sad until I put a poster in it. <laughs> yeah, they're really pretty posters. Yeah. Thanks, you guys. My, I've got a very basic one. It's a sip also, and it's a plug for Cappy Tonic Water. <laughs> Not sponsored. We all know, but, like, do we know, you know? Um, I've decided that I'm going to be a G&T girl this spring um, until I come into a little more disposable income to put me back in martini season. Um <laughs> I'm not fussed about the gin. I know there's lots of many amazing local distilleries. Um, you can go carcass in, carcass out. I don't <laughs> care. But it's the Cappy Tonic that is non-negotiable. On its own, it tastes great. Who knew? Um, it says it has lower sugar than most tonics, but I don't care that much about that. And it also says on the label it's made with real quinine, which, Jinxie, I feel like you would know what it is. I, did, I didn't. Prevents it malaria. What? It's in my notes. Yeah, I Googled it. I was like, what is quinine? And a chemical diagram came up and it's like, used to treat malaria. So. Handy. Medicine. Yeah. Um, <laughs> That's why all the British were always drinking G&Ts in India when they were there. Is it really? <gasps> wow. History. 
<laughs> this podcast has it all. My last one is a lip also. It's the MAC Cosmetics Velvet Blur Slim Stick Lipstick. I put it on at like 1pm today. Wow. Say no more. Um, Nas discontinued my favourite red. Haven't been able to find a red I like. They're too dark. They're too orange. They're too maroony. Do I have blue undertones or red undertones? I don't know. Um, and, like, no one is really into MAC. It's not a cool brand anymore, I feel like. We've, like, moved on to, like, trendier stuff. Go back to MAC. They've got these new lipsticks. I bought it at High Point. We'll get to that next week on the podcast. Um, bought it from Mecca. Satin finish. It's good. It's stayed on all day. I love it. Beautiful. So that's right. it. That's the also's. well thanks for listening and coming along tonight we really appreciate it this is our very first time of doing a see also live and it's really incredible to know that people are actually listening um it's it's great um do i do the whole like Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. This is a bit that you pause or skip. I'm aware, but go to Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star review. Uh, you can do it anonymously. Say something nice. We love to hear it, etc. cetera. Um, but maybe, I don't know, you could do a Yelp review of us tonight, right? We're a location now. <laughs> Google, Google Maps, five stars. Yep. Um, you can follow us at See Also Podcast. And uh, also want to mention that Spring Fling is uh, proudly supported by the Victorian government through Creative Victoria and is supported through the Melbourne City Revitalisation Fund. Special thanks uh, to the Wheeler Centre for having us, but also to the official bookseller Readings, who are up the back. They have amazing things. And uh, the accommodation partner, the Sofitel. Um, and we found out tonight that uh, the Wheeler Centre has also given you guys a special code just for you. See, also 15 will get you a ticket to any other event on eligible events on the Spring Fling program. <laughs> Double check, but fine, print. Um, thank you all so much for coming. Thank you as always to Samuel Hodge for our artwork, Harvey Sutherland, Meg Christensen. A round of applause for our live theme music. And thank you, Maria, for joining us. Thanks for having me. See you next time. Bye. Bye. You've been listening to See Also, live at the Wheeler Centre, recorded on Tuesday the 10th of October 2023 as part of Spring Fling. The Wheeler Centre podcast is produced on the lands of the Wurundjeri Woiwurrung people of the Kulin Nation. You can listen to more podcasts or explore videos, news and our full calendar of events at wheelercentre.com.